it doesn't surprise me there are negative comments. And I think that's part of the, the, the melees of a, and, 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 the, and maybe the near depression or what goes into depression for pastors is they're, they're getting criticized a lot. Yeah. And if they have a tendency like I've had in the past is to be self-critical as well, man, you've got three strikes against you. You've got yourself criticizing you, your congregation or neighbors, um, congregants uh, criticizing you, and then you certainly got the enemy, the, yeah. the devil criticizing you. And that's just too much for any one person to bear and it'll take you down. After the outpouring of responses to our Pastors in Suicide episode a few months ago, Gary Wilkerson answers some of the questions that viewers sent in about the nature of depression. He also addresses some misconceptions surrounding suicide, particularly in the church. Historically, some churches have viewed suicide as an unpardonable sin. In secular culture, suicide has been excused or even romanticized as a tragic but legitimate way to escape your troubles. Today, Gary offers a more biblical but also compassionate view of suicide. As he responds to viewer comments and questions, he also encourages believers with specific ways they can find healing for this kind of deep hopelessness. Now here's our host, Bob Dittmer. Well, welcome to another uh, Gary Wilkerson podcast, a special podcast today. We're doing it from Gary's home and we're going to do a follow-up of a previous podcast where we talked about uh, depression suicide as a general topic, but more specifically pastors in suicide. And we brought this topic up a few weeks ago when several pastors were in the news for having committed suicide. And it got a lot of reaction from our, our viewers and our listeners, and many of them wrote in. In fact, it was one of the topics that got the most response on our social media sites. Some people asking questions, some people making comments about what you said, what we talked about. So we kind of wanted to go through a few of those and, and have you answer them, answer the questions and respond to some of the comments that were made since it got such a, a great reaction from mm-hmm. our viewers and, and listeners. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, I, maybe you could help me with this one. Uh, why do you think it hmm. got the most uh, reaction? You, you would think, you know, because most people aren't pastors. You think if you were just talking about suicide in general, mm-hmm. it might get a, a more response. I wonder if it's because of the fear. If my pastor is would go there, how much more susceptible I might be? I don't know. You know, I think there's a possibility in that. And also, in looking through the questions and the comments that came in, I think there is this feeling that a pastor shouldn't be dealing with this. A pastor should know the answers to these things, almost putting a pastor in a different category of human being. Mm-hmm. You know, they've conquered this as if pastors can conquer things that are in their lives. Yeah. And uh, most, of the, most of the comments were supportive of pastors. We need to pray for them, and we need those things to, to support them. But many of the comments were, especially the negative ones, was pastors shouldn't be dealing with this. Yeah. And it was, and we'll see in some of these questions, some of it was uh, who's influencing the pastor more if they get to that point. Mm-hmm spiritually who's influencing them more so i guess it uh, maybe if i were to guess it would be dissatisfaction with the the thought that a pastor would deal with this i mean that's what i'm trying to aspire to from Mm -hmm. the typical writer why isn't he over this why isn't he able to conquer this how can he advise me if he's having a problem with Mm -hmm. it in very general terms there might be some fear involved in in particularly the negative responses Uh, just like wait a minute just like I get depressed, or wait a minute, I, I you know, that, that thought has crossed my mind before, and if a pastor can't overcome it, maybe I'm afraid it, it'll be too much for me, so that, that could be, but I, I just think maybe just I would start, if you don't mind, Bob, with a, I don't know, this is a heavy topic and a big one, and, and one you, you think you want, might want somebody who has their PhD, and yeah. if there is such a thing as a doctorate in helping people through depression and suicide, yeah. um, I don't have that PhD or <clears throat> um, any, any particular expertise medically about 
uh, this, but I've been a pastor for almost 40 years uh, and uh, do these uh, pastors' conferences through World Challenge mm-hmm. Ministry. In I think we've been in plus 60 countries, 60 plus countries, and uh, spoke to probably... Uh, I don't know, well over 100,000 pastors. Mm-hmm. It might even be close to 200,000 pastors that mm-hmm. we've spoken to and ministered to. Mm-hmm. And so we, I've seen, I, I've, I've fielded their questions. I've had uh, lunches with them. I've had <clears throat> um, the times where all the key leaders of, <clears throat> you know, at one table be the head of the Baptist church, the Methodist church, the Episcopal church, the Pentecostal church, mm-hmm. uh, the Evangelical Alliance, mm-hmm. and uh Looks good and sounds good and fun and friendly, but sometimes if you go for a walk with them or something like that, you start hearing their heart and there's there's some difficulties there. There's mm-hmm. some there's there's some um, sense of um, you know, let me before I get into that just so so yeah I think that's that that maybe is at least minimally qualifies me to be able to speak a little mm-hmm. bit to this issue, um, even though I'm not a therapist or a doctor. But uh, having talked to all these guys and and, and some of the women. You know, when you get them alone, it's sometimes a different story, and and you see, um, even if it doesn't go to the extreme of suicide, it it, it oftentimes is is a lot of um, a lack of self care, mm-hmm. like they're they're they're, they're they, they would remind me a lot of pastors would remind me of a lifeguard who's not trained well, mm-hmm. who jumps into the water, and you know, a lifeguard will. Uh, a trained lifeguard, when they come to you, if the person is looking like they're gonna, like they're they've lost not just the air, but they've lost control of their senses, and they're gonna maybe take you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they take you. They tell you to push your two feet out and hit them in the gut, mm-hmm. take the wind out of them, and then you can pick them up and take them. So you're uh, <clears throat> you're and basically you're you got to take care of yourself before you take care of anybody else. Mm-hmm. Pastors usually don't realize that. Mm-hmm. They feel like um, to be a good pastor means you take care of everybody else yourself mm-hmm. uh, uh, before yourself. Um, I think that's why a lot of, you, you know, when you think of a pastor's kids, that's mm-hmm. not always a positive. Yeah. You think of kids that's going to be struggling, mm-hmm. alone, maybe a, a, you know, a rebellious, mm-hmm. prodigal, drug addict. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that comes from, again, you're caring for your congregation, mm-hmm. you're caring for your city, you're caring for uh, <clears throat> the vision, you're caring for what you feel is God's agenda uh, and sometimes that's more our agenda than his yeah. and so we we do more uh, than we should and we take on more responsibility than we should we try to fix people's problems when it's mm-hmm. not up for us to fix we're just meant to offer ourselves and our love yeah. and and what wisdom he's put inside of us we're just meant to offer it and yet we're trying to to fix it and we feel responsible and if somebody's not fixed right we get we, we get full of, of, of self-doubt and criticism mm-hmm. like I should have I should have fixed that I, I know what that's like to be um, man, I was, did a funeral for a um, 18-year-old boy, maybe mm. maybe 20, and for years we tried to help him out of his his heroin addiction. And his mother would come to me for counseling, like, how do I, how how do, she was coming to me to how how I fix him, and I was coming to her, how do I fix her so she can fix him? And mm. it's this quagmire. And I finally ended up doing, you know, doing his funeral, and uh, mm. he'd, he'd overdosed, and and I remember the the shame and the the. The ang- anger directed at myself, mm. like I, I should. Uh, if I was a good pastor, this wouldn't yeah. have happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that uh, 
Yeah, that uh, was there a question? Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think you're just you're describing the situation perfectly okay. of of what pastors are facing. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of the comments <clears throat> that I brought up were are somewhat negative, and mm-hmm. and so it, that's a good preface to the difficulty that pastors face, and yeah. and then have you answer as some of these yeah. comments. Yeah, and come even in. If, if you don't mind, Bob, before you go into mm-hmm. the negative comments, it doesn't surprise me there are negative comments, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the. The, the melees of a and and and, the, and maybe the near depression or what goes into depression for pastors is they're they're getting criticized a lot. Yeah. And if they have a tendency like I've had in the past is to be self-critical as well. Mm-hmm. Man, you've got three strikes against you. You got yourself criticizing you, your congregation or neighbors, um, congregants uh, criticizing you, and then you certainly got the enemy, the, yeah. the devil criticizing you, yeah. and that's just too much for any one person yeah. to bear, and it'll take you down. Yeah. And so, um, but it doesn't surprise me that. I would say, as a in my years of pastoring, you've got two type of congregants. One are the the, the um, they understand you and they know you're not the Messiah, mm-hmm. and they just want you to be walk alongside them and maybe maybe you're leading them by by just being a little step ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Others almost demanding perfection, and when you when you when you fail, when you and I've made so many mistakes as pastors, and you just know you kind of know in your congregation right from the get go. Okay, I just made a mistake. And here's probably five people I know I'll hear from probably within the next 24 hours, <laughs> email or phone call, or yeah. I need to meet with you. Yeah. And there were some people in my congregation, like whenever they said, I need to meet with you, it was always something I had done wrong. <laughs> and then there was the other kind, like, hey, buddy, I know you're human, and it's okay, pat you on the back and you know, mm-hmm. hold, hold your arms up. You know, it's like, what did Moses think when his arms went down? Oh, yeah. I'm such a failure. Look, I'm like, <laughs> how many guys? I, I was curious. Like, if they started losing when his hands are down, like, did that mean like some people got killed? Mm-hmm. I don't know, or wounded, or just did they run? It I was don't know. war. Yeah. It was war. So, you know, he had to feel pretty bad about yeah. that. And then, but he needed somebody to bring his mm-hmm. hands up. And so, you know, it's. Um, I'd love to talk about the negative ones, but I also want to encourage people mm-hmm. um, to be to realize pastors are human. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not gods. Mm-hmm. They're not uh, mini gods. They're they're just they're people and. They're just trying to be a step out to help bring us along, and they're not trying to. No. You can't demand more of them. No. And as a pastor, if a pastor's listening, you can't demand more of yourself. That'll 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 ruin you. You yeah. may not commit suicide, but you're going to be miserable. Well, my my hope is that uh, the pastors that are listening are probably hearing these these comments, and they're mm-hmm. curious as mm. to how do you how do you rationalize them with these things that I'm hearing with these, with right. these comments are the same way. So I'm hoping that uh, pastors won't feel beaten up over this. They're going to feel that you're giving them some reasons to overlook these yeah. things or a yeah. way to get through them. And if a pastor has not been beaten up in a while, I can, I can take a few minutes and <laughs> he will accuse them right here now. If they want, like you're terrible, you're rotten, your sermon was no good. <laughs> All the things they said to themselves already, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or the enemy did, or I should the, say. Or the emails they got. That That's week. right. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't you studying more? Yeah. I thought you were spiritual. <laughs> well, let's get to a few of these. Yes, um, please. Uh, first one comes from Quasi. A lot of these came from out of the country, interestingly enough. Nice. He says, it's the issue of spirituality and not of religion that should be considered it's in, in its entirety. They need to understand themselves spiritually. Uh, they need to open their hearts and receive more of God's love. Something we'll be talking about soon. They need to love themselves first. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a, is it a case of a lack of spirituality if you have a pastor who's depressed and even to the extent then of, of suicide? I, I like his comments because he, he's hitting on an aspect of spirituality that I think that 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 um, is brings to bear some truth on, on this particular issue. 
when, when he talks about loving yourself mm-hmm. or um, the ability to have have a self-compassion or, or care about yourself. I said that earlier, taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if, if, if you're defining spirituality, not just as do you read your Bible every day and pray, to me, if that's his question, then he's, he's putting uh, demands on somebody, like if you do more of this, then you won't have problems. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, more rules, more regulations, that's, that's religion, that's death, and it won't bring anybody to life to, or to a pastor who's suffering and hurting. Um, but, but I think there's something good in what he's saying, and I, I hope that's where he was going with the question. Mm-hmm was if a pastor would, or anybody, would take a moment and just learn to, I don't know, the, um, like you know, we've talked on this podcast before about some of my children being addicted, and, mm-hmm. part, and one of the things they learned, and it was so sweet, I loved when they learned this, they called it the three Gs, it's kind of in a recovery mode, mm-hmm. and it's three things, you know, it's, it's what you're grateful for, uh, it's what you uh, three three things you're grateful for, and you list them every day. And so my kids would send me these three, three things, and it's just it was so sweet that they took a moment uh, in the midst of like this is bad and this is rough and I'm suffering with this, but I'm grateful for. Sometimes they'd say I'm grateful for you, Dad, and oh, man, that just warms your heart. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you know, I, th- I think there's an element in this truth that he's bringing out here, saying like you know if you. If you're not so hard on yourself, and if you're not so self-critical, and if you don't listen to that to the voice of the lie and the lie or anything he says, is is um, you can pretty much count on the opposite. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you're suffering, the thing that you feel bad about, is is probably your greatest strength as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Bob, you and I have talked about that before. Mm-hmm. It's like if if uh, if if you're a man, a woman who just in the core DNA of who you are, you're you're a lover of souls, a mm-hmm. lover of God. There's a deep passion. There's a there's just an exuberance inside of you and a craving and a longing to, to be deeply connected with people and love them well, then probably the enemy's going to attack you in, in lust, mm-hmm. uh, the uh, false intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, like I, you know, I don't feel like I'm adequate in my ability to love others, so I'll get it the easy way, pornography mm-hmm. or masturbation. I'll get, I'll get the easy way out of, mm-hmm. of, of feeling connected to somebody in love. Um, getting love on a, on a, a computer screen, yeah. um, and, and so, you know, and, and so you can beat yourself up, you know. So I was with a pastor in um, uh, Nashville this past week, and he has a ministry to, to pastors who are addicted to pornography. And there's, he said, there's a whole lot of them, mm-hmm. um, but but instead of the self hatred, like I'm such a failure, I I should quit, I should die, you know, I should die. Uh, instead of saying like, you know what, there's the enemy's attacking not my weakness but my strength. He's he, he, there's something in me that is built for love and I need healing and I need hope and maybe I need a sabbatical to get mm. get counseled to get through this addiction um, but if you don't if you get stuck in those things that you're you're really it's your gift but it's been corrupted if you get stuck in that then then you get into that place of self-hatred uh, feeling like such a failure that you might as well just check out mm. it's like it's it's hopeless. Uh, some pastors that I think are suicidal are. <clears throat> I've heard past, so many pastors say this. I don't know how to do anything else. I, I, my educate. You know, you don't you don't get. You know, you don't go to IBM or Apple and say like, you know, I can I can tell you, you know, I can name the books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, or I can tell you, uh, you know, <clears throat> what's the difference between the third heaven and the first. That's mm-hmm. that's not going to get you a job hardly anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so pastors are saying, this is all I've got. And this mm-hmm. is all I know how to do. And I do it pretty good, mm-hmm. but I'm failing. I'm yeah. Either internally I'm failing or externally I'm failing. My church isn't growing, and there's this cultural craziness that says, you know, I'm, I have to be a pastor of a big church or a growing church. And 
So I think I want to start something in our conferences now that, that like, if you have a church like under 100 mm-hmm. people or under 50 people, I want you to stand. And I just, we just want to applaud you. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well done you. That's that's the hardest job. If you have a church of 2,000, it's easy because you got a big staff and you got enough money to pay for the building and you can take a three-week vacation. If you're pastoring a church of 100 people, well done you because you're doing it pretty much. You're the janitor and you're everything else. Yeah. And so don't, don't hate yourself and don't feel like a failure. You're not a failure. You're, you're a success. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and I think that's what maybe this question is looking at is you, you can be a success when you not not having to do with the externals of how good is my ministry going, but I'm a success because I know who I am, mm-hmm. I know who Christ sees me to be, and, and I enjoy that. I, yeah. I like I like being me. Mm-hmm. And if you can't like being me, then nothing else will work for you. Yeah, good answer. Uh, Charles wrote in, and Charles said, uh, the impact of American Christians resulted to depress- resulting in depression was because of a reluctance and too much reliance on faith built upon the foundation of frequent Christian revivals and conferences. Mm. I think what he's saying is we have these revivals and conferences where you get all emotional and all excited, and then you get back to every day and depression sets in. Mm-hmm. There a reality in that? Good thought, Charles. Yeah. Was it Charles? Charles, yes. Yeah, good thought, Charles. That's, uh, I think that's a brilliant um, analysis of, of the situation, the, the ups and downs, and then needing the next revival to to, to, to yeah. boost you up. I don't know, nothing wrong with revivals, and I've gone to conferences and meetings where I've gotten refreshed. I think that would be a, a, a good word, mm-hmm. uh, getting a boost. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're looking for that to be your your source of life, it's, it's not going to get you there. Uh, mm-hmm. you, when you've got to have, I think the spiritual uh, disciplines are, are more important maybe than mm-hmm. attending a revival meeting. That's that your daily, uh, I was telling our staff this morning at devotions, you know, don't wake up and you know, get your phone first thing and check emails and your Instagram and Facebook. Because um, you wake up, we tend to wake up, um, you, you know, at night you're, you're, you're not conscious of stuff, so you're in your subconsciousness. And there's so much stuff in our subconscious mind that is troubling to us. Mm-hmm. And so there's a tendency in a lot of people, not everybody, some people wake up sort of... Uh, uh, you know, I want to kill them sometimes. <laughs> they, they wake up happy, and uh, you know, I tend to wake up, and I think a lot of people I know tend to wake up a little bit more, you know, kind, kind of having to revive themselves mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, if he encouraged himself in the Lord, he must have been discouraged to start mm-hmm. with, or he wouldn't have need to encourage mm-hmm. himself. And so it's interesting that this great songwriter, this great poet, this great uh, priest, this great king, this great warrior got discouraged and felt like so if he was discouraged what was he i'm not doing it good enough i'm not a good enough king i'm not a good uh, that song was horrible i uh, that shouldn't go in 150 <laughs> chapters that you'd throw that one out and so but he had to encourage himself so i you know recommend people wake up in the morning and encourage themselves mm-hmm. and and that that'll then you won't tend to need the revival it's almost like you know bob i know you and i both like to exercise and so um you know you don't go to uh you know, exercise camp every year and do four days. I could use it, but yeah, you could do that for you know, like learn stuff yeah. and and t- but that's yeah, you would think be stuff integrated into your daily life. Yeah. yeah, and so I think the revivals are are kind of like that. And the um, my dad told me one time he said, um, uh, uh, <clears throat> I never want to have to be revived again. 
And he said, I, I never want to have to go to an altar call again. An altar call, for those maybe who don't know, is like at the end of a sermon, and mostly in Pentecostal mm-hmm. uh, quarters. At the end of a thing, there'll be a response. Come forward, and we're going to pray for you. Yeah. And he said, I never want to go to an altar call again. I was like, why not? He goes, because I want to be, before the sermon starts, uh, mm-hmm. stay in a position of repentance and mm-hmm. cleanness and uh, heart before the Lord and in, in not need to be revived in my passions for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like to, to, to be, don't need revival because I stay revived. Yeah. And that can't happen through going to a revival. It has to be, you have to be a revived person. Mm-hmm. And that comes more, I think, through the spiritual disciplines. And when I say spiritual disciplines, I'm, I'm less concerned about, you know, did you read your Bible every day and how long did you read it? Uh, my dad read his Bible hours a day and prayed every, hours a day. My mom didn't. She hated reading. Mm-hmm. I, I would see her read her Bible maybe once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, but she listened and she heard. And when she heard a sermon, she just absorbed it. Mm-hmm. And she was just as spiritual as my father, she yeah. had as much love and heart, and her prayers were cries out to Jesus, like that were so pure. And so, it was, so there's not a there's like, no one way. There's no one way. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so you, you you be yourself and present yourself to the Lord as you are, yeah. and and try to read. Yes, try to pray. Yes, mm-hmm. but but more so, it, it's it's a relationship and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scripture tells us His promises are new every morning, right? So every morning, every morning. we ought to be reminding ourselves yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Dolvi was a little bit more, more negative on a couple of his okay. comments. Yeah. It says, uh, he says, it depends on who is being referred to in the Word of God. Why only in the Christian world is this depression being encountered? Do you think it is? We, do, we certainly do hear about it among right. pastors. We don't hear about it with Muslims. We don't hear about right. it with those who are Buddhists. Right. Is this just where we are in the Christian world in the West? We kind of are self-reflective on these things? I don't think the person that asked that question, nor myself or you, have the statistics on that mm. to be able to yeah. uh, have, have evidential statistical mm. proof on that. So, it's, so I think it's kind of hard to comment on that. And then mm. maybe it's a... It's a, it's a, um, it's a a supposition that yeah. like a, why are Christian pastors like the um, <clears throat> anecdotally I think I'd probably disagree with that and say I think Christians are less inclined a true mm. Christian is less yeah. inclined to commit suicide yeah. doesn't mean that they don't uh, there's as we talked about in the original podcast about suicide uh, there are chemical situations yeah. there are circumstantial situations there are um, uh, things <clears throat> you know and sometimes you can sometimes you can say if that person would have on this route, they might not have committed suicide. Other times, mm-hmm. it's not like a, it's, it's not a you know something you want to fault them for. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I I wouldn't see it that way. I wouldn't see it as being um, that uh, if and and uh, but let's let's suppose for a minute it was. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, okay, Christian leadership commits suicide more than other religious leaders mm-hmm. commit suicide. Then I would then I would say. What what type of experience are they having? Uh, so so again, meeting all these pastors, I've been around that table again with the bishops and the denominational leaders, and I've met I've met pastors that I just know, and I don't mean me judgmental or mean spirit here, but you know what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Just, you just know they, they don't know God. Yeah. They 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 know religion and they know. I mean, there's this guy named Bishop Spong in New Jersey. Yeah. You know about him? I do. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, I don't even think he believes in God. Yeah. But he's a priest. Yeah. I mean, what's what's the deal with that? So, so I can see people being in such despair because when you're in such deception and and 
and I'm missing out. I mean, obviously, to, to be a priest, you're longing for something spiritual, mm-hmm. but to believe there's no God is is, is pretty. You're living a lie. It's I pretty, would think, aren't pretty, you? Yeah, and so so I if if the, if there if it was ever proven to me that uh, Christian leadership commits suicide more than uh, other religious leaders, then I would say. It's not. It's it's religious Christian in name only, the Christendom rather than the Christian, uh, because <clears throat> I think that there, there is not every being a Christian doesn't absolve you from the possibility of uh, and the temptation of suicide and depression that lead to it, but it is a there is a great resource in knowing Christ. There is a. There's a, there's a, the Bible calls it a balm in Gilead. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, that means an oil that can heal you. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's, that's available. Sometimes that oil does not heal, not because it's not sufficient. Everything from God is sufficient, but it's uh, not received. Sometimes intentionally, uh, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. Mm-hmm. Other times, not intentionally. Um, a chemical imbalance, a mental d- a disability that blocks that ability of, of being healed so the healing is available and that person is like just not not getting it and um the um the brain wiring and stuff like that mm-hmm. can lead to uh, to suicide I, I don't have the statistics on somebody told me one time and i, I don't think this is scientific but that um you know 80 percent of suicides are are depression based and mm-hmm. self-hatred and circumstantial um, you know, I, I, I got a diagnosis and I'm going to get be in pain and I'm not going to be able to bear that. And so it's circumstantial. And 20% is is uh, like the biological, chemical, physical yeah. uh, situations. And so, to you know, I mean, are you going to accuse either one of those people? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, and I'm not putting suicide in good light and say like, you know, pat you on the back and like, oh, you're okay. Mm-hmm. It's it's a problem that has to be addressed, and we want to. We want the, as the old spiritual writers and the Desert Fathers called it, the cure, the cure of souls. We want souls to be cured, whether it's physical or um, circumstantial, relational, uh, internal issues that people are battling with. Mm-hmm. We, we don't want to um, wink at suicide and just say like, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's, it's another problem that some people have. <clears throat> but nor do we want to, um, you know, I, I think in the history there used to be and I might take some criticism for this. Uh, there used to be, um, at, at every funeral of somebody who committed suicide, the pastor had to um, had to um, walk on eggshells. Is mm. what he what he or she would say, yeah. because the consensus probably was that person really didn't know God, mm. and they really weren't a Christian. They weren't really saved. So I can't preach them into heaven here at this funeral. Yeah. I have to pretty much say. And I think I understand some of the dynamics there because if you don't make it uh, uh, in that t- moment a, a warning like mm-hmm. this, this is serious. Um, and if you don't know God at this point, some, some, this is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you don't want to <clears throat> cover it up as if it's nothing. Yeah. Uh, but but I think things have changed a little bit, and people mm-hmm. are seeing uh, suicide as as not a unpardonable sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it used to be. Do you remember that? It used to be labeled as an unpardonable sin. And I, I, think I know that, many writers have. Uh, it just recently, because of all of these incidents, have written about that. Is it indeed that an unpardonable sin? And mm, I don't yeah. think there's anything scripturally that suggests that that it is. But it was seen as a as a deterrent. And yeah, so, if you're right. if you're a pastor, as we've seen with uh, the suggestion of suicide begets suicide, the study that came yeah. out recently of the 13 reasons why the Netflix series. 
Uh, I didn't see that. Uh, yeah, there, it's a series about a girl who uh, commits suicide, and she makes a cassette tape of all the things she's going through. Hmm. The series is about all of those stories. It has it has re resulted in many suicides of teenagers around the country because of this compassionate suicide issue that's wow. that's come up. The show has the show has so you know, the show in the book that it watch, came from. Yeah. Watch that show, and then <clears throat> they they feel some kind of an affinity. They do. They they, they connect with the character. They're going through the similar issues, and she committed suicide, and so it's mm. easier then for them to. Wow. As we've seen here in Colorado Springs, they, mm-hmm. it becomes a spate of suicides because once yeah. it happens, it becomes easier yeah. for the next person to do it as well. Mm. So I can see why pastors would feel concerned yeah. about that, not making it right. appear to be something that's a that's an option. Back to Dolvai, he makes another point, another paragraph that I'd like you to respond to. He said. Uh, pastors are unaware, these pastors who are depressed and those that commit suicide, are unaware that they're being possessed by Lucifer. Wow. Is that true? Do you think it's true that if you're in depression, it's because Satan is possessing you, influencing you? I think that question is influenced by Satan more than mm-hmm. those people. Mm-hmm. And I think I think there's a, a corruption in that kind of judgment. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that Jesus hated, that, mm-hmm. that you look at somebody else's suffering, mm-hmm. uh, the woman caught in sin, mm-hmm. And, and you become a stone thrower, you know. And so I, I don't like that kind of comment. Um, not try to accuse him of, uh, anyway, you know, I'm almost doing what he, <laughs> I'm accusing him of doing to others, so I, I don't want to do that. Uh, you know, I want to have grace and, and mercy, and, 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 you know, maybe he's struggling with something that that uh, is from his background or history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, no, there's, there's uh, I mean, and I'm not going to contradict myself here, but I am going to say also, I'm not just, it doesn't mean that Lucifer as an entity of evil and hatred and death, uh, doesn't want to, to cause those things and doesn't have a a, 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 a role in this situation. But to, but to the, the question to me, the reason I don't like it so much is it sounds like there's an accusation there. If, mm-hmm. if uh, you're, you're, you're demon possessed or you're filled with the devil or you live for the devil, therefore you got what you want, you know, you got, yeah. you, you got what you deserved. Yeah. Kinda, and I'm sure he's probably not going into that extreme statement, but it's, um, a lot of that, you know, you just you don't see the humanity in that kind of question. Mm-hmm. I don't like the, uh, the the humanity is meant to be gracious and compassionate mm-hmm. and and hurt when somebody else is hurting. Um, the opposite of true humanity, as God intended us to be, is mm-hmm. is the Pharisaical religious judgment, harshness, anger. And, um, Sounds like Job's friends more, doesn't it? Job's friends, and it's this and is it's your people. fault. Yeah. I, I don't know this guy, but I, I would imagine if if he were to open up his heart to me, and we could spend a couple hours together, and and he wasn't defensive, and he was, I would say he's probably hurting, and has I would say he probably has a, a wrong view of God. Mm. He he sees God as as a God who who would like somebody who's suffering, like oh you're just suffering because you have Lucifer in your heart. Mm. He he gets that because that's how he thinks God is. Mm-hmm. He, he's just mirroring what he, his his false image of God, and, and that's you know God is love. Mm-hmm. Um, God can judge, and God can have wrath, and will have wrath in the future as well. But that's not who he is. It's something he will bring forth from his character and nature. But his character in his divine essence is love, mm-hmm. and so he loves these pastors, and um, he loves them up to the to. to to the last second when he's trying to rescue them from this malady and from from this sickness and from this pain that they're in. The issues of depression and suicide are complex. If you or someone you love is wrestling with either one of these problems, 
please reach out for professional help. Know that you are not alone, and there's many who would love to help you and pray for you. Also, pray for your pastor. Many of those who lead our churches are under intense spiritual attack every day. Your prayers can make an incredible difference in their lives. Want to learn more about this topic of mental and spiritual health? Gary Wilkerson and Nikki Cruz will be speaking at the Arise Crusade in October. Arise is sponsored by Teen Challenge and is dedicated to encouraging believers with the gospel and reaching everyone with God's promise of healing. Find out more at arisecrusade.com and please join us in California this fall. The Gary Wilkerson Podcast is brought to you by World Challenge, sound designed for this episode by Mike Hall-Smith. This episode was written by Rachel Schmitz. Our producer is Chris Wigington with video production by Aaron Gale. We hope you tune in next week to the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Until then, do all you can to live a better life and make a better world through Jesus Christ.